A bridezilla Karen ruins the lives of everyone around her, steals a wedding dress from an underprivileged woman, and the community around her gets revenge. It all backfires. And she ends up on her wedding day looking like the paupers that she used to look down on. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. I'm a 48-year-old female, and I've known Pat, another 48-year-old female, for decades. As far as I can remember, she was fixated on having five children and a picket fence dream life. I slowly cut ties with her in college because she was an opportunist and I didn't trust her. She is both manipulative and forceful. Her idea of cute rubs me the wrong way. Pat likes to walk like a penguin when she wants to elicit pity. And she usually does this when she wants to evoke the underdog narrative. I have never seen someone act so despicable and ridiculous at the same time. I've moved on with my life, happily gotten rid of her for years, but Pat eventually found me on Facebook. I accepted her friend request out of politeness. Pat has become the epitome of a permissive mother. Her five kids do as they please and she never calls them out. She tried to force a relationship between me and her daughters and made them call me auntie. Pat tried to drop them off in my house uninvited. Her phone calls were insistent. She tried to monopolize my time and she began to show up at my job. I created some boundaries so she tried to find loopholes. It was a nightmare. My husband and I hosted a party for the community centers new members. The community center is actually a very informal initiative and my husband and I mainly serve the homeless population. We refer to help strangers instead of catering to potentially narcissistic acquaintances. We don't mind lending a hand but we have encountered truly dishonest choosing beggars. There are other services like one of the members who helps women get their wedding and prom dresses for free. The community center location headquarters is actually a farm owned by an elderly couple. There's a barn, a venue, and a very nice green field with an artificial lake and some fowl. They charge for the use of their facilities, weddings, etc., but not for community-oriented stuff. Pat had always been salty at her husband for demanding that she go back to work after baby number three. In the meantime, he worked three jobs. She demanded that he get her pregnant to fulfill her dream of having five kids. He didn't agree because he was already nearly 45 years old and felt like he might not ever be able to retire. But she got away with bringing new babies into this world anyway. Her fascination with being pregnant comes from all the attention she gets. She had at least one miscarriage in between each child. Pat latched onto our group. She never missed any of our activities. I hated having her in my house, but it was an open invitation that included virtually everyone, and she was very active as an event organizer. I didn't like the way her kids behaved. We had a designated area for parties and entertainment, but her kids ended up inside my bedroom. We ended up having to keep watch of them and enjoyed zero of our party. I called her days later to get my point across regarding their overall behavior, but she completely cut me off and began talking about herself and said her kids wanted to come visit again and use our pool. I never answered that. I didn't want to say, no, I will not have your brats over. She also called me as summer was approaching specifically to let me know that her middle daughter was bored and wanted to spend a week at our home. I politely declined, citing that me and my husband have to work and cannot entertain guests. Pat paid no heed. Her kid called me on the weekend, calling me auntie and attempted to coax me by saying, Mom says you invited me to spend summer with you. I quickly clarified and offered an explanation to avoid hurting a kid's self-esteem. Never mind. Her daughter just hung up on me. Pat 
Hacks Facebook also showed some red flags. Some cryptic rants here and there were visible, along with friends' comments and complaints on how she asked a particular person to watch her kids only for a couple of hours and then ended up leaving them there all day. Another of her friends criticized her girls' night out because Pat had just asked them to be patient and wait until she could pay back some money that she owed them, yet she had money to spend on Friday night outings. I thought those very public comments on private matters were more like a cry of lost patience. Unpleasant things began to happen, like the time she volunteered to wrap the Christmas presents for underprivileged kids. We all wanted to create a mix of less costly gifts with really nice ones. Surprisingly, some nice and eye-catching toys and games went missing, but turned up under her Christmas tree, courtesy of her mother-in-law's Facebook posts. No one could prove anything, but it was hate-inducing. Or the time my daughter called me in tears to pick her up after she attended Pat's daughter's birthday, Casey. My daughter had been ignored all night because she didn't gift her the expensive gaming stuff Casey practically demanded. My daughter did ask, but I said no. We would buy her a very nice and thoughtful present according to her taste. So when I went to pick her up, my daughter was sitting alone in the living room while Casey and her friends stayed outside. Stories about Pat and her family multiplied. The owners at the farm, the community center, decided to keep their gates locked unless they had guests or events because Pat got in the habit of driving whenever she pleased and it was either her kids screaming and disturbing ongoing weddings, throwing rocks at the koi in the lake, or harassing the geese in the yard, or how she stiffed another soccer mom with a lunch bill and then pulled the struggling financially card, or how other parents hated her because she created unnecessary hostile competition. When my daughter turned 13, I allowed her to wear my grandma's ring. It was not an expensive piece of jewelry, but it's vintage and girls nowadays want to look boho. My granny gave it to me when I became a teenager, so I passed it on to my kid so she could wear it on her birth week. It was weird that she became quiet and distracted after that. She also didn't want to go to school and my husband and I became suspicious. She never opened up and my other kids had no clue. We went to her school, but her teachers assured us nothing had changed in her environment. My husband and I suspected she was being bullied, but our kid gave us no tools to support her. My kid is very sunny and very compassionate. She has never had any problems with other kids. I called her best friend's mom, Natalie. My kid's BFF told us what was going on. Casey, Pat's eldest, and my daughter had become close. I knew this and I wasn't too thrilled. I found the age gap, Casey was 17, not exactly inappropriate, but I'd rather see my daughter spend time with friends in the same age range. Casey is very beautiful and a gifted student. She is also very conceited. To make this story short, she asked my daughter if she could try on the ring and refused to give it back. She later claimed that she had lost it, but would, quote, look for it, so my daughter was distraught. My daughter kept asking her for the ring, and as a result, Casey shunned her and spread the word that my kid was trying to steal her ring. Some kids at school took Casey's side, so now Casey just wore my kid's jewelry to school like nothing happened. If that doesn't qualify as taunting, I don't know what does. My guilt comes from not being able to get my daughter to open up and feel safe telling me the truth. I talked to her and she burst into tears. I was both pained as a mother and furious that some teenage Beezy was doing this under our noses. I went straight to Pat's car after school. I asked to talk as Casey was going in, so I grabbed Casey's hand and asked her to see her jewelry. Casey froze and tried to make a fist, so I became relentless. Casey yelled out, Mom! 
and Pat struggled to get out of the car. I slid the ring off. Casey has tiny hands and wore the ring on her index finger. First, Pat yelled at me. After I confronted her with the engraving on the band, my grandmother's maiden name, she argued it was loaned to her daughter by my kid. Then she said that she bought it. I paid no heed. I did warn them that I knew Casey had become an evil friend to my daughter. Pat called to tell me off. She said she was trying to raise an assertive young woman and I had just messed that up by being overbearing. She never apologized for her thief of a child. Pat's husband, Hank, is what can be described as a doormat. Pat wore him down to a knob. He had no choice but to obey her to keep the peace. She was a bully who actively withdrew affection when he didn't follow her wishes, even in public. So she got kids number four and five after a relentless campaign that included leaving him for two months. Her pregnancies were a nuisance because she expected to be treated like the only lady who has ever been pregnant. She strolled around in a wheelchair almost immediately after getting pregnant and she would get very sick on weekends so her kids were often sent to friends and family so that she could rest. Pat systematically bullied Hank. She would leave town and take the kids with her. Poor Hank would look distraught, drinking on his porch and just looking really lonely. This is how she got off the hook and was able to leave her job. Hank had virtually no voice so he struggled to keep the marriage together. Everyone liked him but hated her equally. Hank loved to talk to other people but seemed concerned that Pat would be upset. Over time, according to my husband, Hank began showing signs of depression and mental distress. Our friend Lena runs the wedding slash prom dress initiative. It's not complicated. Dresses are sourced from donations, eBay, truck shows, etc. Unusually beautiful dresses are retained so that more than one bride gets to wear them. In some cases, the bride will pay 50 bucks, but most of the time, the dresses are donated to the bride. Pat was involved in this. Lena kept her in because they never had any issues and her tasks were just limited to shipping the dresses out. Pat decided to renew her vows and her bridezilla, Karenzilla attitude became the icing on the cake. For starters, she bullied another couple into giving up their wedding date at the farm because she, quotes, needed her renewal to match the exact wedding date. They were not impressed with her harassment, so they booked another venue. As a result, the farm owners were pissed because Pat was already costing them money after she had successfully negotiated a cut in their rate because, quote, she couldn't afford it, but will repay it by doing some maintenance work around the venue. She never made good on her word. Pat became attached to a particular dress that was already assigned to another bride. Lena made it clear that she would need to pay for her own dress, so Pat played it cool and shipped the wrong gown instead. She was adamant that it was the right dress despite all the notes on Lena's agenda. The other bride was truly gracious about it. She was obviously disappointed, but never made a scene. What bothered me most is that I picked that dress and bought it for $40 at a garage sale. Not my money, Lena's money. It was a vintage dress, ankle length, white with lots of lace and a huge bargain. Again, when confronted, Pat did a Casey and used the this is mine strategy. We felt so bad for the other bride that we did our best to get her something nice to wear. The other bride was a true fighter. She had pulled out of welfare, earned her high school diploma and was working to get on her feet by trying to earn a certificate as an acrylic nail technician. So her reward was to have some Karen steal her dress? Pat never admitted to messing up, but just by the fact that she claimed it was her dress, we knew. Lena never allowed her in her warehouse again. Their last phone fight ended with Pat bringing up the other bride's past, like it mattered. And this conversation is over, it's my dress, and you are mistaken. This was weeks before the other bride's wedding. Pat went all out on her wedding decor. 
She spent way too much. She hired a caterer for some food, mainly mimosas and appetizers, but the wedding invitation included a request for specific dishes for her Sunday brunch wedding. Either she ran out of banquet money or was on complete moocher mode. Remember, she likes to walk like a penguin. I picture the penguin walking upon, practically asking everyone to supply her wedding reception grub, and I cringe. There is nothing wrong with potluck weddings. In fact, they can be a nice addition to a very cozy and family-oriented wedding reception. But don't you at least need to be close to your guests in order to ask for such a thing? Even I got an invitation. I told everyone I wasn't going because I was very uncomfortable being told what to bring and was probably expected to give them a cash gift on top of that. Some of the older ladies in our group agreed. Some said they would not decline in advance because she is a bully and they didn't want a confrontation. Lena called me the night before Pat's re-wedding. Lena was there to close the Saturday night bingo and Pat was awfully friendly, but that's what she does whenever things are going her way. Lena peeked into the garment bag and saw the exact same dress while Pat was caught up supervising the wedding decoration. The thing with Karen's is that they expect everyone to suck it up or make their dreams come true or they simply underestimate everyone and think that we are all fools. Lena is a very straightforward person with a so sue me attitude. She told me that she would just ruin the dress. After all, it was hers so she could do whatever she wanted. If Pat wanted to take legal action and should things get ugly, she needed to prove ownership. However, the dress was the same. The marks inside the hem and the tags were the same. Even the tag numbers that were punched in to identify each dress for logistic purposes matched. Pat had the dress altered with some extra beading and dyed to a deep cream color, but it was obviously the same garment. Lena and I snuck in before the venue was closed for the night. All brides are allowed to stay in a small bedroom for a small charge so that they don't need to drive in on their wedding day. Honestly, the makeshift chapel was gorgeous. I don't know how she paid for it, but it was full of flowers and presumptuous details. I naively brought in some ink to spill on the dress, but Lena said that she wanted, quote, something more awful like a nasty surprise. Ink would be too obvious, and if she saw it ahead, she might be able to snag another gown from somewhere. No. The ideal thing was to have her trust that the dress was fine, so Lena locked herself in a bathroom stall and completely cut out the back panel. She patiently put it back on its hanger and zipped the bag. We left through the emergency door with the back of the dress stuffed inside of Lena's purse. I completely hate people who target and steal from anyone. Calculate to be in a weaker position, like how Pat and her kid do. The wedding was scheduled at 9 a.m. Pat called me at 7 a.m., but I ignored her calls. I picked up by 8 a.m., both curious and wondering if she suspected anything. Pat was frantic. She was crying that her dress was missing by half. I purposely made her explain, being annoyingly dense and continually interrupting like she does, and stalling the conversation. She asked me if I could lend her my wedding dress. I said no, sorry. She then asked me if I would help her get a dress. I was satisfied to remind her that the town's bridal shops were closed on Sunday, and the others that would open were almost an hour away. The farm is almost one hour away from our town. If Pat could get a shop to rent a dress, she would need to try the dress on and get it steamed. Even if the dress was ready to wear, it would easily take more than two hours round trip. She tried to ask me to go pick a dress and who would pay for this? Even if a shop were open and brought her a dress, it would add to the cost. Also, these shops open at 10 a.m. or 9.30 at the earliest. By the time they got to her, it would be time to wrap up the wedding because she needed to clear the venue by 12 for the next event. She broke down and mumbled some stuff that I didn't understand. So Pat hung up on me and called Lena instead. She asked 
Lena to bring her anything she had available. Lena and I ended up delivering the most outdated, moss-smelling, oversized dress. Pat's disappointment was a mix between angry and emotional. She also tried to wear her knee-length silk bridal slip as a wedding dress, but it was too obvious and it looked really cheap. She tried to get her daughter to give her her own wedding dress to wear with an open back zipper due to fitting issues, but Casey refused, asking if she was supposed to attend the wedding naked. She got a point, plus Casey is petite. The dress needed a petticoat to plump up the skirt, which wasn't available, so it dragged all over the floor and Pat had to keep pulling it up. Pat walked down the aisle with one hand on her bouquet and the other grabbing her dress. The dress looked limp and weird with the arrangements of pins. They didn't show. They caused the sleeves and the neckline to pucker into messy rims. She spent the ceremony looking uncomfortable and out of place. Very few people attended, but that was not part of my revenge. That was just how people reacted to her entitled attitude. The dress looked awful. The reception portion of the wedding had this princely decoration, a very nice cake and bridezilla with a dress from hell. I didn't stay, but I was told she was so disappointed and spent her wedding sulking. There was no dance, no actual speech. She had to change into a shirt and leggings because the dress was too uncomfortable. Everyone talked about how Pat put on her flip-flops and walked around aimlessly until she ordered the ushers to start folding up the chairs within one hour of the reception. So she practically kicked everyone out and the cake was never cut. Pat was not the same after this. She was not as loud and avoided everyone. I think she was disappointed that nobody ran to her rescue. Not even her family, who came from out of town. Her husband finally cracked under all the pressure and sought some help. He was slaving away and coming home to clean the house while Pat used her kids as an excuse to spend money like crazy. Hank her husband, also had to do the kids' homework because Pat never had the time or the patience. She also refused to get a part-time job so her kids could attend an after-school program and get help with their school stuff. Therapy seemed to help Hank because the last time Pat left with her kids, he didn't seem distraught. He would be riding his bicycle and he could seem more relaxed while mowing his lawn. Hank told my husband that he contemplated doing the unspeakable act to himself after their third kid was born. When Pat returned, he maintained the routine but was interested in going out by himself and doing things for himself. We began to see Pat alone all the time. Hank was seen less and less in the same car and eventually he moved in with his parents. He filed for divorce on the grounds of emotional cruelty and I don't think that he won. Instead, I'm not sure of this because this is what I was told, there was some sort of settlement or agreement that she would not get close or interact with him unless it had to do with the kids. I also don't know if Pat even actually suspected who or what happened to her dress. She slowly pulled away from the community center and became less active in social gatherings. Pat also removed me from her Facebook as well as everyone else from school and the center. Was I the jerk for my part in the revenge against this bridezilla Karen? So this whole thing really started because she accepted her friend request out of politeness. It seems like that's how a lot of situations tend to start. Pat the bridezilla Karen here just seems like she's really not self-aware at all. Somehow she's so oblivious to the effect that she has on people, not only her friends and people in the community, but even her own husband. It's either that she doesn't recognize this blatantly obvious response everyone gives her, or she does 
doesn't she doesn't care and she just wants to get what she wants to get which sounds like that might actually be what's going on here especially when you see the parts of the story where she actually steals from the underprivileged woman and that other lady didn't complain or say anything she just took it on the chin and obviously was disappointed but didn't even try to fight back to get her wedding dress that part of it is sad because it doesn't seem like pat has any remorse for any of the collateral damage she's creating in her path to get whatever it is that she wants not only the dress that she stole but the people that had their wedding plan that she bumped them out of that location and date and who knows what those people had going on in their lives they might have already had people fly in from out of town to go to this wedding that can't change their plane tickets and now they can't go to their wedding at all it's just a series of selfish decisions one after another and then she has the surprise pikachu face when she realizes nobody likes her so if you were in a situation with a bridezilla karen like this let me know down below how you would handle it and jerk or not a jerk and why also make sure to follow the am i the jerk instagram to see some extra goodies on there when you subscribe make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications to finish listening to all the stories in this series use the playlist at the top of the description and next time you live stream use the cream of the crop music search for cream of the stream on spotify or whatever music platform you use for copyright free music to use for your stream it's free cream of the stream either way thanks a lot for listening we'll see you guys next time